Welcome to Playmakers, everyone. I'm Haley Elwood. It's week six. The Los Angeles Chargers will travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. So joining me is NFL Network's Aditi Kinkabwala, who's going to be there. Aditi, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me and putting up with my um, less than ideal appearance at the moment. <laughs> you are good. Do not worry. Hey, it's Friday. It's a little crazy. We're about to head into the weekend, but I'm going to start here with these two teams because they are coming off games in week five. And I don't think this is hyperbole, crazy, crazy games in week five. But overall, what are your thoughts on this one in week six? I'm just excited, you yeah. know, and it's funny because I was actually asking Keenan Allen this yesterday when I was on the phone with him about, you know, you've got a four and one team and a four and one team. There's a lot of football to be played but is it ever too early to start thinking about AFC seeding? And, you know, Keenan obviously gave a great answer about how every week matters so much. And then I said the same thing to Chris Harris. And he's like, well, there's a good chance we're going to see this team again later on. So, of course, everything matters right now. And I think that teams are really trying to sort of forge their identity. And some of them have it. Some of them don't necessarily. The Ravens certainly showed us that they're a lot more than we perhaps thought they were. The way that Lamar Jackson threw the ball Monday night, especially in the second half in overtime, you can't just sit here and say, okay, this is the best running team in the NFL. Because the last three weeks, the Ravens barely, I mean, for them, yeah. have barely run the ball. And look at the way Lamar has stretched the field and the accuracy with which he's throwing. And so teams are still, it's early enough the teams are figuring out who they are. They're forging who they are, especially when they're gutting out close wins, um, unexpected games, which I think you would say both teams sort of did yeah. this past weekend. I don't, it's just fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's fun to see two teams riding some momentum, meeting each other. Sure. And I think when you talk about identity, I think you can also trace it back to the head coaches too. I thought for the Chargers last week's matchup between Kevin Stefanski and Brandon Staley was going to be a good one. It was, but what do you make of this one between John Harbaugh and Staley? Well, I just, it feels like both guys, both men are men who really truly approach their team with honesty and then absolutely have their backs. And so let's start with Staley. I don't know him nearly as well as you do. In fact, this will be my first opportunity, I hope, to get to actually meet him. But the way that he goes for it on fourth down, you know, like even even I'm going to refer back to this conversation and I'll probably talk about it at some point on Sunday morning. But I said to Keenan Allen, like, do you ever wonder, like, what is he thinking? And he said to me every single time <laughs> I'm wondering what he's thinking. But the message, the statement that a coach is making when he goes for it on fourth down like that. It's not just, I believe in the math. It's, I believe in my players. Mm -hmm. And even when my players maybe don't believe in a fourth and nine, I believe in a fourth and nine. And then go back to the way that Coach Staley responded to the question about John Gruden this week. And Haley, I have to tell you, you know, I was with Mike Tomlin, the Steelers head coach on Tuesday. Mike Tomlin is one of the longest tenured coaches in the NFL. Mike Tomlin is a Super Bowl winner. Mike Tomlin worked with and for John Gruden and has talked at length about how John Gruden has meant so much to his football career. And when he was asked about it, he very honestly said, I'm saddened by it. I'm saddened by the the fact that people were offended, I'm saddened that this has happened, that I'm saddened for Coach Gruden, he said, and he, then he said, and that's where I'd like to leave it. You've seen a lot of coaches say that. These are not easy things to talk about. 
And yet when Brandon Staley was asked about it, he just went on and on. And this is not a guy that has tenure in the league. This is not a guy that has a huge long history. This is not a guy that has a personal track record that sort of enables him to say whatever he wants to say. And he was just about as authentic and sincere as one could be. And I don't think that that's just about standing on a podium. I think that your players recognize that, your players respond to that. And so I would say the same thing about John Harbaugh. You know who he is. You know where he stands. Um, he absolutely has his players' backs. You see that when he is constantly wearing the goofy clothing made by Lamar Jackson, because as dynamic as Lamar Jackson may be, his fashion sense, fashion designing ability, maybe is not ideally what one would choose, especially Lacking. for a head coach. <laughs> But, you know, John Harbaugh is wearing his players' clothing and he doesn't care what he looks like when he does it. John Harbaugh also, you know, I'll go back to a fourth down early in the season with John Harbaugh where he looks at Lamar Jackson. We all saw this, right? He's like, Lamar, Lamar, do you want to go for it? Haley, we all knew Harbaugh was going to go for it. But in asking Lamar, do you want to do this? He's essentially getting investment from the player. He's saying, we are all in this together. We all own this together. And so that's where I think that you see a lot of similarities. You have two teams that are always going to be prepared the way that Brandon Staley makes sure that his offense understands what his defense is doing and his defense understands the why of what the offense is doing. It's similar to the way that John Harbaugh wants accountability from all his players and that it is one team and it's not three separate units. It's trust, right? It is, right? Which was Mark Ingram's big word when he was here, big trust. And that was something that the Ravens took as um, a slogan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, that's why you get juiced for match like this. Totally. Because I think what we've seen from these chargers teams is you mentioned like the fourth and nine, there is trust there. And these guys have talked about it when your head coach is telling you, yeah, we're going to go for it. We're going to go for it from our own 24 and we're going to convert it. You almost feel like they've talked about as a player. Yeah, we're going to do it because we have that confidence. When you mentioned those fourth downs and you mentioned it on both sides, in a sense, how do you maybe see this game playing out or maybe that trust kind of parlaying into how this game plays out? One of our beat writers said he's not sure we'll see a punt in this one. (laughs) You know, and that's what's so funny, because when you think of the first of all, Brandon Staley made his name right on devastating defenses Mm -hmm. on really, really tough defenses. And the Ravens, how do you think of the Ravens and not think of an aggressive pressure defense? And yet neither team is necessarily playing defense the way you would think. Right. But I'll go back to what Chris Harris said, that the way the Chargers defense is thinking right now, the stats and the numbers are maybe not so pretty, but they're getting the wins. So this Chargers run defense, okay, those numbers aren't pretty. It looks like it's a very vulnerable run defense, but what's the Chargers record? You know, and so it's kind of like you think of a defense that maybe is really tough from the 20 to the goal line, but gives up a lot between the 20s. I mean, you don't win based on numbers. You win, you know, it's however you win. So it's hard to imagine. I'm very curious to see, as well as the Ravens have been throwing the ball and the Chargers are allegedly vulnerable against the run, do the Ravens go back and try to run? Or do the are the Ravens able to pass on the Chargers? What do they do? And I think the statement here, that what the one thing that the Ravens and Lamar Jackson have been very good at this year is taking what the defense gives them. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see what it is that the defense gives them. And then on the flip side, can the Ravens generate some sort of pressure? Can they 
do something to get a very, very young quarterback who thus far been totally unflappable can they face him somehow they haven't been very successful doing that but the ravens are supposed to be the ravens right like for years i've said oh the ravens don't rebuild they just reload so i'm sort of just expecting them to reload even though it hasn't necessarily happened yeah it's an interesting thing you bring up because when you talk about justin herbert i mean when it comes to this chargers offense it's starts and stops with him. The kid's playing out of his mind. I loved what Harbaugh said earlier this week. Like he's guessing he's looking forward to seeing him pass on, <laughs> on Sunday. It's like, I guess I am, but, uh, but jokes aside, I mean, you kind of just talked about it a little bit, but how do you see maybe that offense and Herbert stacking up against this defense? Obviously Calais Campbell still a factor with how many play, years he's played in this league. Yes. Except that Calais is playing so, so, so much. Yeah. And I mean, look, Calais Campbell is one of my all-time favorite people in the NFL, just about as good of a guy as you can be around. So I don't say this as a knock. He is getting older, yeah, you know, and so he is going to need some help. He cannot play this many snaps week in, week out for 17 weeks. I want to see how the Ravens back end plays. Um, Justin Herbert has been so good at using everybody. You know, oftentimes you have a young young quarterback and he ends up having a security blanket and there's one person that he generally goes to, you know, that in a money moment, he will go to that person. I don't see Justin Herbert doing that. And again, Haley, I mean, you know much better than I do. So I don't want to sound like I'm on the, the expert on the Chargers, but the 10,000 foot view is that he is just as comfortable going to Keenan Allen as he is to Mike Williams, as he is to his tight ends too. You know, he is using everybody available and he's putting the ball where everybody likes the ball. I mean, he's constantly throwing catchable balls. So it's not as if I have more faith or trust in a receiver who I know can make a tough catch for me. Not that your pass catchers aren't making tough catches, but it doesn't look like they've really had to. It just looks like the ball is delivered in a perfect way. Yep. Repeatedly. It is. And (laughs) you saw that this last week too. I mean, getting... Donald Parham involved, getting Jared Cook involved and and against the Raiders where Mike Williams, I think he only had 11 receiving yards the whole game, but they won and he got those other guys involved in the offense. So you're, you're absolutely right about that. No, let's not forget about Austin Eckler, right? Like you have a, a, I hate to say weapon, but to have a weapon like that, to have a reliable, dependable person like that, who can always come up big for you in a variety of ways. And I should also throw in there we have a new podcast and Austin Eckler was, was on, on our it. podcast and yes. he scored three touchdowns immediately after. <laughs> so and we also had Justin Tucker, the Ravens kicker on our podcast. And after he kicked a record setting 66 yard field goal. So anybody listening to playmakers right now, it's good luck to be on our podcast. Yeah. Come and on. I'll explain. Explain. Check it out. <laughs> Check it out. Actually, it was a great conversation with Austin. He talked about, uh, for those who may not have heard it, uh, international games playing in international right. games. He's played in two in London and Mexico city. And, Um, I actually loved even hearing from his perspective, having traveled to those games as well, but from the player side of it, just how much of an adjustment that is. So definitely check those out for sure. For those of you who, um, who may not have heard that, but getting to Lamar Jackson, the chargers last saw him in 2018. Look, he's, we know he's gone on to win MVP. And like you mentioned at the top of this, what he's done, especially what he did last Monday was unbelievable. He's the AFC offensive player of the week, but how has he really evolved? since he entered this league to where he is now. 2018, we're talking about the playoff game, right? Yeah. Okay, so 
And I was at that game, actually. This is like what ages me. We keep talking about games. And I'm like, oh, I was actually there. My like, gosh, am I getting remember that? Anyway, yeah, anyway, so 2018, the Chargers come in. They had just seen the Ravens a few weeks yep. before. Um, it felt like they had a tremendous game plan. And here's a little story about who Don Harbaugh is and how the Ravens operate. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens just couldn't get anything going in the first half. And in halftime, there was some talk, should Joe Flacco come in? And when the Ravens came out from the locker room, actually, Joe Flacco was warming up. And I remember messaging um, a girlfriend of mine who's also a colleague at CBS because I work for CBS as well. Is Flacco going in? And they were trying to figure it out. And ultimately what happened is that James Urban, the quarterback's coach, and John Harbaugh had a conversation. And it was deemed that it was far more important for Lamar Jackson's growth and Lamar Jackson's future that he get to go in there and he try to finish what he started. And as much as Joe Flacco had done for the Ravens organization and as well-respected as he is, everybody knew that Joe Flacco was going to move on from the Ravens after this season. So he wasn't the future of the Ravens. And as John Harbaugh later told me in the locker room, he knew that this wasn't a team built to win the Super Bowl. So even if the Ravens won that week and beat the Chargers behind Joe Flacco, they were going to have to go to New England, I believe, most likely. And, and <laughs> yes, and Harbaugh wasn't so sure that this team was going to beat New England. So what was the bigger play here? The potential short-term win was winning one game behind Joe Flacco. The long-term view was that Lamar Jackson is our future. Lamar Jackson is the guy that we are invested in and we are going to believe in and we are going to ride what is more important for Lamar Jackson's growth and development? And it was continuing to play. And granted, late in that game, the Chargers were playing a different defense, but Lamar Jackson did indeed lead, I believe, two touchdown drives. This is good that I, I mean, you'll have to go back and check because I promise I haven't read any of this, but I believe this is accurate. And that makes me feel good that maybe I haven't killed as many brain cells as I thought I did during the pandemic, but that's a story for another day. Lamar Jackson did lead, I believe, two touchdowns drives in that game. It was a more positive way to end. Mm -hmm. And after the game, again, I remember I was in the locker room and I was talking to Willie Sneed, who then was with the Ravens. And Willie said, look, Lamar just hasn't thrown a lot. You know, like he's still a very young thrower. And Willie said to me, we're going to go throw in the off season. We're going to, we live close to each other in Florida. We're going to work on this. And you look at what Lamar Jackson has done every single year as a passer. He did. He has gotten better. Yes, he has worked at it. He has worked on one part of his game every single year or on multiple parts of his game. He's absolutely evolved as a passer. And as the chattering classes keep trying to say, oh, he's a run back. Oh, he's not going to last. Oh, this style of play won't work. Oh, he's a one trick pony. Oh, he can only be a check down artist. He's proving everybody wrong. And it's just, he just tunes that all out. I would love to say that this is a guy who is driven to prove people wrong. I really don't think he gives a crap. Like, I really just think that he is driven to be better and to win a championship. And that's all that he cares about. And it doesn't, it's not to him about, oh, I want to prove that I'm a better thrower. Oh, I want to prove I can throw from the pocket. Oh, I want to throw that I can throw a good deep ball. Oh, no, he just wants to do it because that's what the Ravens need him to do. And so again, like you ask about who John Hart, I think at that moment, 
tells who John Harbaugh is. I think that that game and that meeting tells who the Ravens organization is. And I think when you think of the evolution of Lamar from then to now, that says to who Lamar is. It totally does. That's great. I feel like I should definitely use that game now. Go back to that, right? Yeah. Thank you, <laughs> I think too, on, on Monday, I remember watching post game, you know, they, I think it's Lisa Salters mentions, Hey, you didn't get the, the rushing record. And he's like, well, we got the win, you know? Yeah. And, and I think it speaks to that too. And, and like you said, that ability also as a quarterback to compartmentalize, you know, if right. things in the first half don't go right, you pick it up, you move on. And, and they've certainly done that. And, and Justin Herbert sometimes too, to a point this season has done that as well. We mentioned it's going to be a good one. Last question for you. What do you think maybe might be a deciding factor in how this game pans out? Who plays better defense? (laughs) I don't see, you know what? I don't think these offenses, I think the thing that's most impressive, the Chargers aren't shooting themselves in the foot, you know? And I think that the Ravens also play smart football. Um, So I don't see... I say that even though Lamar did have those fumbles and Mm -hmm. that's something that needs to be cleaned up. I don't see an unforced error being the reason that the game is is decided. Um, I think the cute thing would be say who's got the ball last might be decide might be deciding the game, but these are both teams that have the potential to be playing much, much better defense. And as we talked about, you know, there's sort of a buildup and just the way that we all approach the preseason now, I think that, you don't get as much work, you know, even on things as, as tackling. Right. And so maybe it takes a little bit of time to get into that. I just expect both teams to play better defense. And I wonder if one of them comes out with, you know, a more impressive defensive performance. And again, Justin Herbert is a guy that hasn't been frazzled yet. But Ravens defensive coordinator Wink Martindale does like to throw a ton of different looks at quarterbacks. And Herbert is still a young guy. You know, this isn't Philip Rivers who has seen everything. This isn't Philip Rivers who can necessarily check out of a bad play call and automatically audible and change to something better. So if Wink can call a game that does indeed make Herbert a little bit more uncomfortable and the Ravens can indeed execute that, maybe we see something more interesting there. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be a good one. I lied the last question. What was Wink's line about Herbert throwing? He could throw a strawberry. Yeah, I don't get it. Did you see, like I tweeted, I don't understand. But maybe like we're too young, Haley. Someone told me it's an old time statement. So apparently Wink said that Herbert can throw a strawberry through a battleship. And so I'm like, a battleship is a really big thing. Like I could throw a strawberry through a battleship. But then as it was explained to me on Twitter, what he means is that a very, very soft, gentle strawberry can be thrown so hard and with such velocity that it can get all the way through a battleship and all those portholes and all that steel and all those soldiers and whatever, apparently, by Justin Herbert. But when it comes to uh, analogies, not one that kind of went, and I actually was like, I don't get it. And right now, and it's funny because my six-year-old actually for Halloween wants to be a Navy ship captain. So I actually know about battleships and destroyers and aircraft carriers and things like this. I just don't know about strawberries. Yeah. Through. Well, thanks week six. We, uh, we covered those pieces. Aditi. I will be sure to tell Wink on Sunday that not only did he stump me, but he stumped the great Haley Elwood as well. I wasn't the only one. I could appreciate that. You provided so much insight. We are looking forward to this one. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it.